the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dr. Joseph A. Mills, Jr. of Agape MC Ministries of Military Virginia. Thank you for tuning in to our Reigning in Life Through Faith radio broadcast. I pray that today's message will truly be a blessing to you. And on the rock, a kingdom of love, together we walk by faith, with power and grace, forever your word will reign, we are reigning in life Welcome reigning in life through faith family to another exciting broadcast. I am Dr. Renee Mills. And I am Pastor Jerome Mills. You know, we here at Agape Embassy Ministries were so blessed to have Dr. Mills as our shepherd, and he has truly been missed. But the strong foundation through the Word of God he has laid here at the embassy and in the lives of those of you who tune into the broadcast is evident. So listen, you guys. We know where he is and we rejoice. And we also continue to be obedient to the plan and the purpose that God has for Agape. We just wanted to stop and say thank you for your continued support of this awesome radio broadcast. I am so godly proud of my son who has accepted the mantle and God is truly using him. Thanks, Mom. So if you're ever in the Alexandria, Virginia area, come and stop by the embassy for one of our weekly services. We just wanted to say we love you and we hope to see you soon. Enjoy this powerful series from Dr. Mills entitled Spiritual Authority, Gifts. All right, for the last few weeks we have been, we've been talking about the body of Christ. We're talking about the gifts, talents, and uh, skills that are in the body of Christ that God has placed in his body so that we can supply one another with what the body needs. Is that right? We'll look at um, 1 Peter. Look at, let's look at First Peter and the fourth chapter and verse 10. We've seen this scripture before. Where God says, put us in remembrance. We need to be put into, in remembrance because we forget, as I say in foundation, we forget as quickly as we believe. And so we need to be reminded of the things that that God has said. Now the 10th verse 
is a scriptural reference that I'm going after, but I need to back it up because if I back it up, it has um, in from the seventh chapter, I believe, some admonishment that we need to hear if we're going to operate in these gifts the way that we should be operating in the gifts. Amen? If we're going to supply one another with what we need. Amen? You know, it's very easy for us to get sidetracked by the adversary so that we're not performing the way that God wants us to perform with the gifts that God has given to us. That is to supply each other with what we need so that the body can grow. The body of Christ can grow. Amen. And, uh, and of course, uh, if the body is not growing, that means that we are at, we are in a stagnant position. Amen. Verse seven says, and I'm going to read this from, uh, uh, several different, um, translations. It says the end of the world is coming soon. I'm reading from the New New Living uh, translation. He says the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Uh, God's word says this. The end of everything is near. Therefore practice self-control. Practice what? Self-control and keep your minds clear so that you can pray. Keep your minds clear so that you can pray. Keep your minds clear so that you can pray. I want to to go to uh, a scriptural reference that you all have seen before uh, just to reiterate a little bit about what is being said here, especially in reference to keeping our minds clear so that we can pray. Oftentimes, we don't realize what the adversary is doing in order to snatch from us our ability to pray. Our heart, if word of God says, if our heart doesn't condemn us, then we all rot. Look at uh, third, first John, the third chapter. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 18. It says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In other words, just don't let your, just don't let uh, your love be just a bunch of words. You know, I love you. You know, we can, we always, you know, we tell people that, but what's your actions? What's your attitude? Are you with me? Is, is your attitude really love? Or have you just said that you love? And that's what he's talking about right here. Verse 19 says, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Now, what he's saying here is that when we do not love in truth, our hearts know this. And therefore, when we go before God, it's not pure. Our heart's not pure. 
Watch this now. He says now, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our hearts does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So what he's saying here is that a lot of times we think we may think we're going in confidence, but if there is something against you and your brother or something between you, you cannot go to God in confidence because that thing is actually blocking your ability to go to God in confidence. You might think you're in confidence, but you're not. Amen. And so we see here, watch this now, I'm going back to First uh, Peter, fourth chapter, verse seven. He says, the end of everything is near, therefore practice what? Come on, y'all thought y'all were with me. Self-control, right? Practice self-control and keep your minds clear so that you can pray. Are you with me? Keep your minds clear so that you can pray. Uh, let's look at um, let's look at the contemporary English version. Contemporary English version says, "Everything will soon come to an end, so be serious and be sensible enough to pray." That's something, huh? Okay, I'm gonna go to Amplified now. We're gonna amplify this, but the end. And culmination of all things has now come near. Keep sound minded and self restrained and alert. Therefore, for the practice of prayer. And that's something right there. All right. Look at the next verse. I'm going to read this from the Amplified. He says, Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Now he's not talking about covering our sin. He's talking about covering the sin of someone else. In other words, watch this now. Forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Hello. Okay. Let me just go over that again. Okay. Because these are things that have to sink in us because we bring so much world with us and we, and we're still operating as the world and not as believers. We are in the world or we are touching the world more than we are touching the word of God in a lot of cases. You go to work eight hours a day for eight hours. You probably don't have your mind on God. Eight hours. Okay. You probably don't have your mind on God. Are you with me? Okay. You eight hours, you come home. Uh, let's say for instance, you got an hour on the road coming home. You really don't have your mind on God. You got your mind on the traffic. Amen. All right. Some of y'all may travel a little longer than that coming home that you don't have your mind on God. And uh, maybe 
while you're traveling, you understand, if you have your thoughts on something, you think about, okay, what am I going to do when I get home? You still haven't thought about God. Are you with me? We can begin our day when we get up. Now, some people, you know, you may have, you may have given God maybe about 45 minutes, maybe, maybe. But a lot of us don't like to get up until we have to. And we don't, we don't put have to uh, in praying to God bef- as the first thing. That's not a priority. Are you with me? Okay. So, um, you know, I'm not just going to get up just to pray. I'm, I need some rest. Especially if the night before, you know, you stayed up a little longer than what you you normally do or you should have. I mean, y'all go to bed early. What's early? What is what is what is early? Tell me, tell me what early is. Nine o'clock is early. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock is early. Eight o'clock is early. And it all depends on how, what time you need to get up the next morning to go out to work, not to pray. Mo- Come on now. Most of us go to bed based upon the time that we need, that it takes us to get ready to go to work. And prayer is not a part of that. Okay. So what I'm saying is that we spend more time away from God than we do with God. Are y'all with me? Okay. So our mind is not on that. And he's saying, he's saying here, he says, look now, but the end and culmination of all things has come. Keep sound minded, self-restrained and alert. Therefore, for the practice of prayer. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Now, it's kind of hard for us to keep our minds. Okay? Forgiving people, disregarding what they've done. When you've been in the world and you've heard so much of what the world is saying. Are you with me? Can you understand that? Uh, a lot of us may even get up in the morning, turn the, turn the uh, TV on, listening to the news. There's nothing good on the news. Uh, news sells because of all of the bad things that are happening, not the good things that are happening. Are you all with me? Okay, what I'm saying is that in order for us to have this mind that God wants us to have to pray, we're going to have to put God in the forefront of our minds. All right. Now, this has a lot to do with how we deal with one another. Because he's talking about forgiving people. And the first thing that you run into when you're on a job, when you in the morning, when you I mean, you're going to run into something. And if you and if and if you don't have God on your mind, 
you already cussing. You, 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 you know, you know, <laughs> uh, this is a sad thing. But Christians cuss. Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't surprise me, but I know why, because they don't spend a whole lot of time with God. And you can't cuss around God and expect for him to hear you. Amen. All right. Okay. Let me move on. I want to get to this thing. Okay. He says, now practice hospitality to one another. I'm reading from the Amplified. Practice what? Those of the household of faith. He's talking about the body of Christ. Be what? Hospitable. Be a lover of strangers with brotherly affection for unknown guests and foreigners, the poor and all others who come your way, who are of Christ's body, who are of Christ's body. Now we treat people who are outside of the body of Christ a whole lot better than we do people in the body of Christ. And in each instance, do it ungrudgingly, cordially and graciously without complaining but as re- representing him. Without what? Without what? Man, man. I, I, I want you to think about this. How many of us forgives people without complaining? We have to complain about them and then we forgive them. <laughs> Come on now. Good morning, WAVA family. Wasn't this an outstanding message from Dr. Mills on coming boldly to God in prayer? We have the authority to come to him whenever we need to, which is paramount in these times that we're going in with the COVID-19 pandemic. I want to speak to you a little bit about fear, anxiety, and worry as we go through this together as a nation. The Bible is here for us to turn to in any kind of dark moment, but especially when we're worried, anxious, or fearful about life. Not only does God want to help us deal with our concerns, he actually doesn't want us to feel stressed at all. Whenever we're faced with a perceived crisis, people might respond with anxiety, helplessness, or perhaps a loss of self-esteem. They might respond in anger over the whole situation, sometimes even at God, or we may even reevaluate our relationship with God, resulting in a temporary loss of faith. Some may have difficulty sleeping, eating, or even working. Worry implies that we don't quite trust that God is big enough, powerful enough, or loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives. Worrying doesn't benefit you in any way, but it will absolutely harm you in many ways. Worrying harms your physical health because it contributes to high blood pressure, it causes insomnia, and suppresses your immune system. It harms you mentally because it sends constant negative thoughts to your mind. And it harms you spiritually because it bolsters fear instead of faith in God. Worry wastes your valuable time and energy that you could be using for better activities. Let's take a quick second to talk about the difference between worry and concern. It's perfectly healthy to be concerned about things, but totally unhealthy to worry about things. Concern motivates you to do something to solve problems or plan helpful ways to cope with them. But worry, on the other hand, keeps you stuck on the problem and distracts you from planning any helpful ways of dealing with it. Generally speaking, I want to give you four practical things you can do to help cut down on the fear, anxiety, and the worry that comes about in our daily lives. 
Okay, you ready? The first one is be content with the way your life is right now. Now, I said content, but not necessarily satisfied. Many times our worries and anxieties come from not being content with the way your life is right now. Why don't you ask the Lord to teach you to be content with whatever circumstances you're facing? And then make yourself focus on the fact that God is always with you. You've got to make it a habit of noticing the many ways that God is blessing you every day. And then you've got to express some thanks to God for your relationship with him and the blessings that he is constantly giving you. Second, develop healthier lifestyle habits. Unhealthy lifestyle habits make you more prone to worrying than you would be if you took care of yourself the way that God intends for you to. Think about how much worrying you do about your health. I want to challenge you to change those worries into concerns and plan helpful ways to cope with the problem. Last year, I had blood work done, which revealed that I had high cholesterol. Well, I made some changes to my diet and recently went and had more blood tests done, and the results showed my cholesterol levels are all in the normal ranges now. Now, not only am I not worried, I'm not even concerned about it. So eat nutritious meals, drink plenty of water, eliminate alcohol, caffeine, and smoking tobacco products, exercise regularly and get yourself plenty of sleep, and watch a bunch of those things health-related that you worry about. they just going to go right away. You can't eat junk for food and expect your body to operate the way that God designed it to. Bodies in motion tend to stay in motion, so don't just sit around all your life and slowly die too early. Younger generations are usually worried about their money, and older generations are usually worried about their health. In either case, nobody should be worried about any of it. Here's the third thing you can do to cut down on fear, anxiety, and worry. Recognize how little worry can actually help you. Worrying doesn't have the power to prevent anything bad from happening in your life. The bad things you worry about may never happen, and plenty of good things can happen instead. Worrying is completely useless. Magnifying fears, anxiety, and worries actually minimizes God in your life. And finally, trust God to deal with the things that worry you. Remember, God wants the very best for you, is always with you, and you can trust any worrisome situation to him and ask him to work it out for the best. Whenever you struggle to trust God with something that's worrying you, you need to ask God to reveal to you whatever unbelief or unhealed wounds that you have that may be preventing you from trusting him completely. And when he shows it to you, confess those things back to him and ask him to help you to have the faith that you need in that area. This is Pastor Jerome of Agape Embassy encouraging you not to be fearful, anxious, or worried as we deal with the coronavirus. To receive your gift of today's message on CD, simply send your donation of no less than $10 in the form of a check or money order to Agape Embassy Ministries, 5775 Barclay Drive, Suite 7, Alexandria, Virginia, 22315. Visit us on the web at www.agapeembassy.com. Dr. Mills invites you to listen to the broadcast for more Reigning in Life Through Faith. Join us for our Sunday morning encounters at 9.30 a.m. 
and Wednesday evening Bible study at 7.30 p.m. We are located at 5775 Barclay Drive in Alexandria, Virginia. Or give us a call at 703-971-7202. 